Hello and welcome to Servant's Heart Chapel. I am Pastor Daryl, and I hope today's episode is a special blessing to you. You know, ever since we uh, moved into this church, they've always had this painting here. Um, any of you know the history behind this painting? I was actually quite surprised when I found out the artist who painted this did it when she was just eight years old. Her name is uh, Akian, 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 uh, and uh, she has a very interesting story in her life. Akian uh, Kramerik was born in, in, in 1994. She's 27 now. Her parents were atheists and did not talk about God. They, they had no babysitters and there were no neighboring children uh, for Akian to, to play with. Uh, her parents homeschooled her. So they were very surprised when their four-year-old daughter began talking about God. And she and she talked about how, told her parents how she had met God and and uh and was drawn to, I don't know how uh, the Bible came about, that they didn't discourage it. Uh, and, and so at a very young age, you know, she began drawing and then painting and writing poetry and, and reading the Bible. It became part of her homeschool curriculum. Uh, and you can actually go to her, her website, the gallery, and some of her paintings, the originals sell for millions of dollars. And I... Uh, but they have they have all the paintings divided up by age, and you can see the sketches she did at four years old were something probably what my my artwork wouldn't look like. That's what she was doing at four, um, and and by the time she was five, it was be well beyond what I could do, what I could do. I uh, and and she and um. They were very surprised, but they didn't discourage it. See, one day shortly after her birth, a woman called her family and told her parents about what an exciting future their daughter had in store. And, of course, they were atheists, and they, they didn't believe the woman. Uh, but then after a few years, things began to dramatically change. Uh, her homeschool routine was a bit different, as I said. She'd wake up at 4.30 a.m., have a drink of water, exercises and prays, and she paints and writes poetry for about four to five hours while it's still quiet in the house before her brothers get up. After that, she studies Russian and Lithuanian. She reads her Bible. She also plays piano and knows sign language. And she and, and during her time, her youth, she, she composed a series of paintings, including this one that she did at eight years old. Um...
And so, and, and, and of course, that had a dramatic impact on her, her parents during this time at some point. I, I wasn't able to find any details, but now she's 27 years old and everybody in her family are Christians. God had given this little girl a very special gift. Actually, he gave her two gifts, didn't he? One small gift by comparison, this ability with art and poetry, and one very significant gift of salvation being brought to her family. This gift that God gives all of us. And that's what we're getting into with this last section here in chapter 5 in Romans. We're going to start with verse 15 where we left off last Sunday. But the gift is not like the trespass, or for if by one man's trespass many died, how much more have the grace of God and the gift overflowed to the many by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ. I was in uh, Dollar General not long ago, and I was waiting to, to, uh, to uh, get access to the cashier, and I turned around where they have the candy right to, uh, always at eye level for the kids, um, and and I noticed one of the they have these little tiny boxes of Mike and Ike, and they're selling them for twenty five cents a piece. And I thought, wow, I haven't seen candy that cheap in a long time. And it reminded me of the penny candy, right? Of course, I I was a little just a little too young for the actual penny candy. But we did have, I think you get a bazooka gum for like three cents, and there was other like two or three cent candies that you could buy at the, at the local convenience store like Circle K or 7-Eleven. Um, and as a kid, that's all you had. You scrounged up your, the ice cream man came, you, you scrounged up, you know, your change and hoped you had enough to buy something. And I would occasionally, I... Uh, overpay an ice cream man as a parent because I knew often he'd have kids come with just pittance, didn't have much of anything, and he would go ahead and give them something. Uh, and, and so I'd pay him more because they didn't have enough. They didn't have enough to, to buy anything. And so not all, not all ice cream men are that nice. And if they don't have the money, kids, sorry. But that was a big concern. And uh, and in life... Uh, that can be like sin in our life. The devil creates this doubt and reminds us of past sin. And, and is, is there enough to cover my debt? And the reality is that there's more than enough. Christ, he did is more than enough, covers everything, no matter what the sin is, no matter how long the person's been in sin. Notice the significance of the word all in this verse. Or the, the many. Many knew we death was brought on us all by Adam's sin, and, and life was uh, brought to us, offered to us. It's a gift, it's presented by God to us. Now we have to accept it. 
but it's a gift offered to each and every one of us. This life is gift of life. Everyone. You don't have to be rich or smart or be of a certain race or a certain gender. It's offered to everybody. Whosoever will. Verse 16, the gift is not like the one man's sin because from one sin came the judgment resulting in condemnation. But from the many trespasses came the gift resulting in justification. The sin, sin brings condemn, the sentencing, right? You, you, you are, are guilty and therefore you deserve hell. And Christ's gift presents us as innocent in the courtroom of heaven. Verse 17 says, By the one man's trespass, death reigned, that through one, through, I'm oh, sorry, since by the one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ, how much more? Devil, as I mentioned, devil tells people, you know, one of many lies. The devil wants people to believe is I've done too much. I've done too much to be forgiven. I can't make it right. I've committed the unpardonable sin. The reality is if you want it, God will give it to you. There's one prayer I came across that I really like that says, For souls redeemed, for sins forgiven, for means of grace and hopes of heaven, Father, what can to thee be given who give us all? Nothing but ourselves, right? So we give ourselves to the Lord. Our, we give our loyalty to Him. We give our love to Him. Oswald Chambers wrote, Never tolerate the idea of martyrdom about the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross was a superb triumph in which the foundations of hell were shaken. Jesus Christ made the redemption the basis of human life. That is, he made a way for every son of man to get into communion with God. Communion with God. We'll be talking about that in, on Tuesday night. <clears throat> this close living relationship with, with, with the only one and only true God. What a wonderful gift that is. It's important to remember that. If, if you've received it, it's important to remember that and just thank God, thank you, Lord, for it. If you haven't received it, now is the time. Verse 19. For just as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, So also through the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. The word disobedience is interesting. That Greek word, uh, 
Parakoe literally means to, to, to hear amiss, to hear it wrong, to not listen. Originally used a flawed hearing and what we might now call half-hearted listening. And finally, the attitude of purposely filtering out what the hearer did not want to hear. So many people sit in church pews and filter out what could be of value to them. But people in here, and and we've talked about the damage of sin in one's life, and they're living in sin, and, and they just don't make that connection, or they don't want to, they don't hear it. This is a problem we've had from the beginning. By closing one's ears to God's voice. In fact, Tuesday we'll be talking about God's voice. If you if you haven't read that chapter yet. Closing your ears to God's voice as Adam did to God's command. Not listening. The Bible is full of examples of people who didn't listen to God. I mean, the Old Testament is one big cycle over and over again, right? The Israelite people, God telling them, okay, now from here on out, disobey me and everything will go well. But if you disobey me, it's not going to go well for you. And, and they would ignore, after a while, they start worshiping other gods and disobeying God in other areas and becoming more and more corrupt. And then God turns them over to their enemy and they suffer for a while and they return back to God and say, I'm sorry, you know, we were wrong. And, and God would tell them, okay, once again, right, over and over again, not listening to God. Saul, Saul was um, I, at one point as a young man, he was a very humble guy. He didn't want to be king. He went and tried to hide to keep being made king. But over time, he got full of himself, and he stopped listening to God. And I, well, I'm just going to do things my own way. And that did not work out well for him. <clears throat> the disobedience starts when we don't listen to God. It says the many were made sinners. We believe, and this is, this, is, uh, this is all about original sin, what's called original sin. We believe that original sin or inherited depravity is the corruption of the nature of, of all offspring of Adam. Therefore, by nature, we're, we're fallen from the original righteousness that God intended for us to have. And, and naturally hostile to God and His law and utterly unable to remedy our lost condition apart from grace. We further believe that though its control over the believer is broken, inherited depravity continues to exist in, in the nature of the regenerate until the heart is fully cleansed 
by the filling of the Holy Spirit in entire sanctification. Now, just so you I don't think I, I just made all that up, let's look at some scripture verses. Let's go to, uh, let's start off with 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 22. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. And back to Romans again. I'll be bouncing around. You're welcome to just listen or, or look up. Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. We already talked about this. What then? Are we any better? I'm sorry, that's 9, 10. As it is written, there is no one righteous, no, not even one. There, are no one who, there is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away alike. All have become useless. There is no one who does what is good, not even one. And then Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, for God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Since what can be known about God is evident among them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became nonsense and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God delivered them over in the cravings of their hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served something Created instead of the Creator, who is praised forever. Amen. And let's look at Mark chapter 7. Verses 21 through 23. For from within, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immoralities, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, evil actions, deceit, promiscuity, stinginess, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a person. Let's look at Psalm. Psalm 53. Verse 3. All have turned away, all like have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. So we see there's just this, you know, the, the Bible is consistent throughout about this, these, this idea that, that we are lost without God. Let's <clears throat> continuing on, let's go to first uh, to Ephesians chapter two, verses one through three. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler who exercises authority over the lower heavens. But the spirit now working, uh, but the spirit now working, I'm sorry, but the spirit now working in the disobedient. 
We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. So we were um, slaves to sin. Let's look at Romans. I well, we already we just read that passage of Romans. Um. Let's finally let's look at First Corinthians. Hang on. First Corinthians chapter three and verses one through three. Brothers, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babes in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, because you're not ready for it. Why? Because carnality is still in their heart. They're brand new Christians. There's still carnality in their heart. In fact, you're still not ready because you are still fleshly. For since there is envy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and living like unbelievers? So there's this, this principle. There's this principle of original sin that, you know, this depravity where we're, we start out by... Uh, with something inside us, warring inside us. When you became a Christian, right, you want to do what, what God wanted you to do, but something inside you wanted to do something else. Really wanted to do it. That's what we're talking about. Spurgeon had this to say about sin. Sin drives men mad against their reason, against their best interest. They follow after that which they know will destroy them. It's absolutely true. We see it time and time again. People slowly destroying their lives with a drive towards sin. And it's also not in the nature of sin to remain in a fixed state. Like decaying fruit, it grows more rotten. Man who's bad today will be worse tomorrow. It always goes further, always gets worse. Verse... Verse 20, the law came along to multiply. The trespass, but where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more, right? So that just as sin reigned in death, so grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
we come to Jesus, receive this gift, this gift God has for us, where we're, uh, we're, we're pronounced righteous, we're pronounced innocent before God. And, 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 and it's, it's from grace, grace reigns in our lives. And grace can reign your life. Whatever is going on in your life, grace can reign now. God, give me grace to handle whatever challenge I'm facing, whatever personal spiritual battle is going on, whatever uh, battle at work or at home, or whatever health problems, the struggles we face, just the emotional challenges that we have. Every day is, is new, full of mercies and grace. God gives us new grace. And all I have to do is seek Him for it. So as we close today, and I thought today might be a shorter sermon, let me challenge you to let grace reign in your life. Don't try to do it all on your own. All you're going to do is mess things up, make it harder on yourself. Ask God to help you whatever you can't do. Let's pray. Well, that's all for today. We certainly hope it was a blessing to you. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can email us at servantsheartchapel at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go to servantsheartchapel.org. Have a wonderful day.